All right, we have liftoff. Here we find ourselves on the Monday edition of The Oakley Show, and in the midst of some kind of hullabaloo, uh, everybody's dressing up the studio. Oh, I get it for the election. There you go. After we're done. Mary, is that you? That's me. The prodigal daughter has returned. <laughs> I'm back. You, you are. Did you miss me? Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> well, it's great to be back. And I miss you, too. Ah. Okay. Uh, anyway, listen, so uh, you were away. I was. And uh, did you go somewhere, like, to parts unknown? Well, not so far unknown. I think I mentioned I was chasing a hurricane. I was going to Florida, Ooh. and I was in Fort Myers, and I have to give a big shout-out to uh, Heather and Stan Kohak for hosting us and treating us like royalty while we are there. The Kohaks, they hosted home. you. They did. They've never invited Downey or me to any of their functions. Well, it's a great spot. Hot tub in the back. Ooh, yeah. So look at you. Some time on the beach, again, near Fort Myers. So we wow. saw many sunsets. Oh, and man. It was lovely. Got sunburn. Yeah, boy, the way you make it sound, you were at hedonism, weren't you? <laughs> it's nice to have a break. Okay, well, no, and you deserved it, too. And so you're back now uh, into the swim right in the deep end with an election. Boom. Have you been following this from afar or near? I have been following it with laser focus. Oh, okay. So you understand that this is the municipal election that's taking place. Yes. Because we're a year out from the federal election. Yes. Which, by the way, we're going to talk about as well, believe it or not, because there's a new Ipsos poll commissioned exclusively for Global News, and it says it's a, a neck-and-neck race, liberals and the... Uh, Conservatives, Andrew Scheer. It's either that or Justin Trudeau has uh, lost a little bit of the bloom off the rose. And uh, we'll find out. Daryl Bricker is going to join us uh, towards the tail end of the hour. He's the CEO of Ipsos. And uh, we'll get that all straightened away because we've got, of course, the municipal election municipally across the province. Mm -hmm. And it looks like there are a lot of concerns that are uh, really more or less what would we say consistent no matter the municipality everybody has effectively the same issues surrounding housing taxes infrastructure uh transit getting from a to b crime you know, planning for your future taking care of your family well yeah kind of all filters into the human condition that's the grassroots stuff right i mean municipal politics for the most part tends to that which is why they say it's the most immediate one that you would have most exposure to like in your waking hours you know, it's not like foreign policy, which the feds would take care of. Right in your backyard, right. your front yard, or Although, getting out in the driveway. The feds are taking some heat on this foreign policy thing with returning ISIS fighters. Andrew Scheer, uh, Michelle Rempel in the House of Commons earlier today had some things to say. It was a motion that was put forth, and uh, the, the liberals had to support it. They were boxed in, returning ISIS fighters, and what do we do about them? I mean, Justin may be inclined to want to cut checks and things like that, but uh, this time around, the Canadian populace seems to have awakened, and uh, they're impatient. They want something done to uh, show that we're not taking this lying down or not fooling around. These people who would sow destruction and carnage in the Middle East, you know, from the friendly confines of Canada, they go over to places like Syria, take up arms against us or our allies, mm -hmm. and suddenly they want to come back, be repatriated. Maybe got some shrapnel over there in a Kurdish village, so they want to take full advantage of the Canadian health care system. This is ludicrous. Madness. And so we'll touch on this, too. As I say, we've got a, a full quiver of all kinds of arrows we're going to fire. But, of course, the issue of the municipal election has reared its head. And uh, I was <laughs> finding it somewhat interesting that I came home from hockey earlier today, mm -hmm. and my mailbox was crammed with flyers. Oh, yeah. You know, at this point, I'm saying to myself, geez, how did they know I was undecided? You know, I'm going to vote sometime before 8 o'clock tonight, right after I storm out of here. Yes, I've and already voted. 
Well, I got that out of the way. Down in Florida. For no, Rick, I didn't Rick vote Scott, Florida. the governor. Well, you could have. I voted this morning. I think Trump was worried about that. About the voting? Were, yes. Infidels voting in the American elections. Oh, no. there uh, you go. Well, all right. So you voted earlier today. And you're going to vote pe- tonight. Yeah. You know, because again, sometimes I vacillate. And when I read these glossy postcard-sized pamphlets in my mailbox, I think, damn, why didn't I think of this person for trustee? <laughs> You know, this is the thing, eh? The trustee. Oh, yeah. I finally came to the realization they're sort of like on the undercard. It's like a UFC card in Vegas, Mm -hmm. and like five in the afternoon, nobody's paying attention because the real fight takes place after midnight. But the trustee has kind of assumed that role in the municipal election, and it's a far, far more important or significant position than we're giving it uh, credit for or paying attention to. Even though it might not be considered uh, the main event. Well, this is kind of that point. I was using the UFC analogy in case it kind of got lost somewhere, but that's the point. And I'm thinking this is a pretty important role because, look, a lot of politicians have started their careers in the trustee, the board uh, of trustees, I guess you could say, with the school board. Kathleen Wynne, that's how she made her bones as uh, one, you know, who was decidedly on the left and uh, not much changed and why people should not have been surprised when she assumed the medal of the education premier. And then, of course, she became the premier, not the education minister, and then she became the premier. It starts at school boards. The school board is like an entry-level position, but it's fairly significant. Get their political feet wet, so to speak. Well, yeah. Put in the door. Making significant decisions that will impact how education is rolled out in uh, certain municipalities. And I'm just thinking, boy, I haven't really done any due diligence on this front at all. I feel guilty. I'm almost embarrassed to admit it. And then I said to myself, no, that's where I can relate to the common man or woman, <laughs> because very few people, unless they're really invested in their kids' school, are paying attention to stuff like this. And those people who are invested in their kids' schools are probably running for some of those positions. Probably. Or, or they're running for mayor, because uh, it seems like uh, every other Torontonian is doing that. There's a lot to choose from on 36? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I'm kind of, at the same time... Uh, encouraged by that and also i see it's sort of uh what do we call it i don't want to say it's frivolous because these people perhaps you know are very well intentioned sure and uh they put up what a couple of hundred bucks to get into the race or have a number of signatures that you have to so you you have some friends or acquaintances or you know when you stop by starbucks on a saturday morning and you sandbag people to sign your name onto the petition their name then you're effectively in the race uh but I also wonder if it's a lost cause. They're tilting at windmills. This was so early on decided by polling results anyway. John Tory's to lose. He was out polling Keysmat two to one. So who knows where this is going to lead, but I think the outcome is almost a foregone conclusion. It's the council seats that really uh, have become the interesting aspect of all of this. Mm-hmm. And what we'll watch with interest, I'm guessing, for those who care, uh, and you should. People who live in the city of Toronto would be interested. Well, wherever you live, every community is having their election That's today. Right. That's province-wide. You know, I hear this aphorism a lot of times. You can't complain if you don't vote. Sure. You don't vote, you can't complain. Sure. 
Well, no, I don't exactly buy that. I pay taxes. I mean, you know, so I'm going to vote. I do vote. Want. I always vote. But in the event that I didn't, I still pay taxes, and therefore I demand customer service. So I can complain. Believe me, don't take that off the table. I can bitch and moan all I want. It's like saying you can't you can't complain about the Leafs if you don't go to their games. Shut up. Well, who can always <laughs> afford to go to the games? Well, well, there's that. You don't want to some nights. Mm. I went Saturday. It was pretty lackluster. I got to be honest with you. Disappointing. Two games in a row now. What gives? That's where the bloom is off the rose. Forget Justin Trudeau. The Leafs. I, I think they started to believe their own publicity and hype early Uh-oh. in the season. Uh-oh. You know, they're going to fill the net. It, every every night it was going to be a race to 10. They'd have to throw their sticks in the middle and pick new teams. Wah, wah. Yeah. Boy, who needs Nylander? Anyway, uh, that's just a quick aside. I thought I'd digress. What a good analogy. Well, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. Yes, it was solid. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> like the main uh, event yeah, election. That's right, the main event. It's just like the UFC. Well, listen, this is where <laughs> I ask the question before we get on to uh, some other matters. Privacy is a big concern. Ann Kavukian is going to join us, a former privacy commissioner here in the province. And she's now a distinguished expert in residence at the Privacy by Design Center of Excellence at Ryerson University. And this whole notion of privacy by design is intriguing because Sidewalk Labs, which is like an adjunct to... Google's parent alphabet. Yeah, very high tech. Yeah, setting up right here on the eastern waterfront. Super tech. Yeah, by these grain silos. I wonder if those are coming down, by the way, or are they a heritage site? Because those grain silos, I have a beautiful oil painting, a mammoth painting done in 1936 of those when those were working grain silos and there were railroad tracks in there and you could see the eastern gap and the wow. Keating Channel. It's a beautiful pa- painting and I, I'd hate to see these things come down because I think it has a cachet. This is a Toronto landmark. Anyway, uh, so this is where Sidewalk Labs is proposed to be there and it's going to be a, a big site to start with. It's only going to be, I think, like uh, 12 acres or something like that or hectares. I guess 12 hectares, about 4.9 acres. And so ultimately, it's going to be uh, 330 hectares, mm-hmm. which is a colossal strip of land right down there. These sidewalk labs uh, operations are, you know, a hub of high-tech activity. Uber, Uber high-tech. Yeah. yeah. And and so uh, Ann Kavukian was slated to, I guess, uh, do some of the uh, privacy. By design. By design stuff, data, and everything. And she resigned on Friday. She sent a letter said, I can't countenance what you guys are up to in terms of protecting people's privacy. Now, the Sidewalk Labs folks said, uh, no, we're all on the same page, but we just can't guarantee that subcontractors and other people involved with the project will follow suit and protect the privacy and data of individuals as fastidiously as we're planning to do. Well, hang on a second. Well, that's what she said. She said, okay, well, see ya. And she's going to come on at the bottom of the hour to explain exactly why she was so disenchanted and decided to uh, tender her resignation. We also have our panel topics worthy of discussion just over an hour from now. Obviously, the election plays large, but, you know, and there's some talk, (laughs) again, of the mayor uh, being ineffectual insofar as fighting crime because we've got certain numbers. We're about to spike, I guess, past the homicide high watermark in 91 of like 90. We're up to 89 now. Unbelievable. And count. Well, yeah, you know what was unbelievable wow. in the context or comparatively speaking, I don't remember 91 all that well. It was when I first came back to Toronto and got back into the broadcasting game. But, you know, it doesn't strike me as that was a year where everybody was like uh, beside themselves 
and there was a lot of hand-wringing and all the rest over the number of homicides. But here we go. Uh, we're looking at it almost, you know, not quite 30 years later. And it's a bigger city, considerably so. Whew, yeah. By another million Huge. people, maybe, from the census of 1991, if memory serves, in Toronto proper. So if we're getting to 89, 90, and beyond, with two more months to go, we'll maybe hit the century mark in homicides. You know, for a major city... <sighs> I hate to say it, as frustrating as it is, and boy, these stories that came out on the weekend, a three-month-old, yeah, uh, who, you know, uh, suffered from trauma. It looks like it was uh, an assault. They've got somebody in custody, uh, and it looks like these uh, cases will be upgraded because aggravated assault was uh, laid against a 29-year-old Toronto man, Matthew Buffard. Uh, but police say those charges are going to be re-examined following this autopsy that was scheduled for earlier today. It looks like, uh, well, he's going to be up on some kind of a murder rap, whether it's first or second degree. But uh, this infant was rushed to the hospital back on Thursday, October 18th, placed on life support and died yesterday. And then there was a story of a 57-year-old man. As I get it, October 12th, around 6.15 in the early evening, minding his own business at church in Dundas, which, I've got to be honest with you, is a bit of a sketchy area. Let's be honest. Uh, along that church, that Dundas strip between church, Sherburn, yeah. And uh, so somebody came up, allegedly in a robbery, and uh, just cold-cocked the guy. He fell to the pavement, hit his head, taken to the hospital. His condition deteriorated. He was pronounced dead yesterday. <laughs> Jason Hadfield, 34, of Toronto, was arrested three days later, charged with aggravated assault and robbery. And those two are expected to be upgraded. I guess where I'm dialing this back to a mayoral contest or anything to do with municipal politics, an argument being made that not enough is being done to fight crime. In some instances, I'm not sure that there's anything that you can do to deter all kinds of crime. It's just the nature of life in a big city. When you've got two and a half, three million people. Going up. And it is. Uh, this is something that just might be part of the landscape, unfortunately. There are different types of crime. The random acts and domestic-related acts, if you will, you know, in home and so on and so forth. I don't know how you ever deter those unless you think stiffer penalties, uh, you know, more social work. Those are inevitabilities, I believe. The gang-related stuff and the guns and so on and so forth, yeah, there are programs, there are ways of addressing that, which we know have uh, kind of been beaten to death, no pun intended, and yet uh, they continue unabated, so maybe we're just not doing enough, and perhaps it's time to re-examine uh, how our politicians are addressing these things, and that is a question we'll pick up with our panel. But to you, I wanted to ask, first and foremost, like this election, you know, I see all these names, and believe me, they are legion in the different wards, the newly configured wards. Some have more than a dozen people contesting them. And then you've got the incumbents with the asterisk there, and two in a ward, you know that somebody's going to lose, and they've gotten used to, you know, operating down at City Hall. It makes me wonder if they're the default just by name recognition and the resources that they've gotten, whatever, they put their apparatus in place. Is this really going to be a change election? You hear that said, well, you know, now that we're down to 22 councillors, or 25 rather, it's, it's going to be a change election. 
I don't know if it is. I'm going to ask you, though, do you think this is a change election or more of the same? And if so, why? In either case, change, yes. And, you know, I don't want to belabor all of the different talking points from the various candidates. Just on a general sense, do you think that there's change in the air after today if enough people are invested or care and are motivated to vote? I'm not sure about the turnout. I'm guessing my my own spidey sense tells me it's going to be low, uh, maybe historically so, because a lot of it seemed a foregone conclusion. But do you think this is a change election? I don't. But you tell me, 870-6400. We'll take some calls, and Ann Kavukian's going to join us on the matter of principle that uh, she decided to resign over. And also, the federal election, and at least the early results a year out, showing that this could be a neck-and-neck race and get rather interesting in the year ahead. 870-6400 right now to join us on the Oakley Show, Monday afternoon edition, and a great day for talk radio. Is this a change election or more of the same? 